Welcome to another episode of the Sola Gratia podcast. It's been a while since I've been able to say that because yeah. for the first time in, <laughs> I think, several months, uh, I have with me Aaron Arnold. Yep. And I am David Prairie, and we're back uh, for another episode. And in the months since we have last had a conversation like this, Aaron, you've experienced somewhat of a, uh, would you call it a career change, or would you call it at least a... Uh, oh, yes. Why don't you tell us about some of your new roles? Uh, still here at Grace Baptist Church. Still here. Um, so kind of towards the end of June, the children's director, the four, the last, most recent, I guess, children's director uh, said that she was stepping down and recommended that I take the job or, you know, she said something like, I thought about putting your name in the hat or you should consider it. And so I went to Mike, our executive pastor, and just kind of told him what was going on. So I think it was the started in July. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't the end of June, maybe middle of June. Yeah, because it was after VBS and all of that. Yeah. And, um, Susan is um, helping her husband with um, a political position down in Georgia. And it was a pretty big commitment to drive here to the office every day. And yeah. Or the day that, you know, she was here. And so so they, they, they changed the role up a little bit. And I am working with the elementary students. So that's kindergarten to fifth grade. And then Jane Grieve is working... Uh, with the preschool students and the the nursery, so so they split it in half, did that, and then uh, about a month or not even a month into that job, I was offered and accepted a job at the elementary school, teaching STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, and so I'm learning two jobs at once, and it has just been a huge whirlwind. Oh, a couple months, so still trying to play catch up on everything. Well, uh, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, from my observations, I think you're doing a fantastic job in both roles. Thank you. Your your primary age focus is about the same, right? So kindergarten right. through fifth grade, both yeah. in the church and the school, right? Yeah. I do have a pre two pre-K classes in... In the elementary school, and that's fun. You know, I I did work at the preschool yeah. for about a year, so I have some experience in that. But my primary license is kindergarten to fifth grade. Yeah. So, And that gives you a pretty wide range of opportunities with different kinds of students because there's some overlap. You have some kids right. at the school who also attend the academy, but you, you've got a, a pretty pretty broad base of students that you're interacting with weekly. Absolutely. So that's that's pretty neat. Yeah. And then and then of course being in a uh working in a Christian school, you even even though you wouldn't necessarily like your role is not Bible teacher. Right. But even in the classroom you're able to discuss biblical principles, you're able right. to teach teach the class from a biblical worldview. Right. Uh so you you're having a spiritual impact. I think even was it just last week a couple weeks ago I saw you speaking in chapel. Yeah, and that was that was something that uh the assistant principal uh and principal asked me to do when I became the um children's director, the elementary director. Yeah. 
So that was, yeah, so I did, I did speak in chapel and that was, that was cool because, you know, everyone knew me. So, yeah. but I, I used my old job, the maintenance job is kind of the, the, uh, hook, you know, and we were talking about how you need to know what a tool is and how to use it. Mm -hmm. And that God gave us the greatest tool or one of the greatest tools in the Bible. Hmm. You have to know what the Bible is and how to use the Bible. And so that, and I think, I think that went well, so. Amen. Good. Uh, Well, so what we want to have a conversation about here today uh, actually has to do a lot with, with that very thing, teaching the Bible to, to children especially, and we'll include, uh, we'll include teens in that as well, just student ministry, children's ministry, and kind of lump that into one for the purposes of today's conversation uh part of part of the idea for an episode like this actually came to us through our buddy Jeremy Matthias yeah who uh and I want to try to relay this story accurately but he he had an opportunity I guess to do some teaching um J- Jeremy teaches um at a school in Illinois and and uh, works in a or or should say helps out in a youth group at his local church and so I don't know if this is with his youth ministry or maybe with a younger age group. I kind of get the impression maybe it was with a younger age group. Um, but I'll tell more about that. Um, I'll kind of put that off for now. But we want to talk about teaching teaching the Bible to, to children and teens. So let's start this way. Um, what are What are some factors that need to go into just helping young people even engage with the Bible at all. So you have an opportunity to teach students the Bible or to or to help guide them through scripture. How do you how do you help them to even be interested in that or or how do you how do you start wetting an appetite for children in scripture? Um well the story of Ehud always gets kids uh which I find fascinating. I think you know the well okay so for whatever reason judges is always fascinating yeah um, so you start in judges at least <laughs> uh at least you know some of the stories in there yeah the so i guess i don't know so uh my bible reading actually started because or my consistent bible reading really started um when I was 17. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I went to church my whole life, but to, to open up the Bible and read it, you know, and that's, you know, that's just how things how things went. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's because there, maybe that, that wasn't nourished, that like, how you get kids into the Bible. Um, you know, well, first of all, I guess they have to be interested in reading. Mm-hmm. And they have to know... Um, why it's important, and, you know, it, it's if you if you can't get a kid's interest, then they're they're not gonna want to engage with it. Yeah. And so in my case, and in this kid's case, it was a it was a missions trip to New York, and you know we're we're, help, we're helping with a VBS and um, this is when you were seventeen. Yeah, this okay. is when I was seventeen, and there was a there was a. 
our, our youth pastor, Ken Ivins, told the story of jail and the tent peg. Yep. Which, you know, is super violent. You know, there's a lot of violence. As most, of, in, yeah. as most of judges is. As most of judges is. And so, I mean, this kid, I don't even, I, I, I can't remember his name, but he just lit up and he said, I want a Bible. So I want to read more stories like that. And I thought, okay, <laughs> I, I've been a Christian most of my life, mm-hmm. and I'm not excited about reading the Bible like this kid is. Hmm. So why why is that? And so, you know, ever since then, I've tried to be in my Bible daily, you know. I mean, right. obviously sometimes it, it doesn't work out, and I spend a lot of my time in Psalms now, but... Um, I think those that interest factor has to be there, and you you have to find, you know, where the kids where the kids are, mm-hmm. where the student is, you know, they might have deep theological questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's let's point to, you, you know, in the direction in the direction of where you're wanting where your interests lie. Um, one of the students that I. I'm a mentor of his, and, you know, I asked him, okay, what do you want to read? Um, because this is through the school, mm-hmm. and you have to have, you know, they, they have an accountability form, and you want to have a, a uh, you know, something that you're reading, some kind of spiritual, yeah. you know, it, it can be the Bible, it can be a spiritual book, and they give some suggestions, yeah. but... You know, I wanted to see, okay, if we're going to do this, where do your your interests lie? And he said, the life of Jesus. Okay, Mm -hmm. so uh, we're going to Mark, and that's, you know, two chapters, uh, a meeting time, and just kind of cover that and what's going on. And so I think think it's harder to in like a group setting, but individually finding where those kids are at. Yeah. You know, and and hooking on that. You've got big questions about the Bible. Okay, well, let's find where that is. There's another student who is always wondering about the book of Revelation. And I've said hmm. that I would write a book with her if she brings me her questions. Mm-hmm. And we've done a little bit of answering back and forth, but just read through it, ask anything. I'll see what I can do. Not that I've got it all figured out. But what are some big picture things? Yeah. Well, you know, she's interested in that part of the Bible, so she reads that part of the Bible that gets her into the Word. Right. And I think it's important to find where students are and point them in that direction to get them reading. Yeah. So you and I probably have a little bit of an, of an advantage because teaching the Bible to students is is part of our main jobs. Yeah. But... I would imagine there's also times where you engage students in other things and then and then use that as a bridge to teach spiritual things. So right. like so like for me, I know um if I especially if I have um if I come across students and it's usually it's usually guys who are who are especially interested in sports. Yeah. Well, I follow sports, I'm really interested in sports. I remember it was a huge advantage I thought when I coached some of the guys in basketball and we had that as a common relationship and a common interest. And then that normally turned into opportunities to 
either read scripture with them or invite them to church, have them come to youth group. And so through that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like they came to me, oh, I'm really interested in the Bible, tell me what it says. Yeah. But we had this other mutual interest, and then that built a bridge to, you know, why don't we spend some time together either either as a group or one-on-one or whatever whatever worked best, um, and, and let's deal with Scripture as well. Yeah. So probably, for you it may not be sports, but you have other things right. to build those bridges as well, I would imagine. Right. Yeah, even in STEAM class the other day, uh, we were ta- I was teaching them about light. Mm-hmm. And that was a perfect opportunity to say, you know, Jesus says that he's the light. We can't see our sin without him. Yeah, mm-hmm. He shows us who we are, who he is, um, those kinds of things. Um, so, yeah, there there's definitely times that that uh, you can you can relate those things. Or... I think in youth group one time we were talking about how, you know, there's little bits of hints of, you know, Christ all throughout the Bible. Yeah. And and I, you know, gave the a play to a track from uh I was talking about motifs, I think mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. I think this is how the story goes. Maybe I was just giving them a music lesson. I don't know. But <laughs> it happened at youth group and you know, I, I was showing them how, how you can, how different, there's themes in the Bible. I think this is how it goes. And I played them a track from The Phantom Menace. Yeah. And if you listen really carefully, you can hear Darth Vader's theme woven in with Anakin's theme. And you're like, well, that's foreshadowing. Yeah. Well, in the Old Testament, there's a lot of foreshadowing of, of Jesus. And, you know, the kids just like absolutely blew their mind that. Yeah. He could hear Darth Vader's theme and Anakin's theme before Darth Vader. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's there's definitely ways you can engage students that's outside of the Bible to get them to go back to the Bible in any of their interests. And, yeah. You know, and I think that's just, that's just how humans operate. Yeah. Which is why we have a whole lot of books like The Gospel According to Tolkien or Harry Potter or whatever. Right. You know, yeah, that's all points good. to Jesus somehow. Um, want to talk about how to deal with tough passages with students, and this is where it goes back to our um, our question from Jeremy, because in his specific instance, and again, I don't know if he was dealing with with teens or students, but um, he's he's telling the story of uh, Elijah in First Kings eighteen, and how God. Uh, showed himself, uh, you know, th- gave the burnt offering, gave the fire for the burnt offering on Mount Carmel, and uh, and and thus showed himself to be, you know, more powerful than Baal. And then you have the the incident right after that where Elijah slaughters mm-hmm. all of the prophets of Baal. And Jeremy yeah. says, "I didn't really know how to how to deal with that." with my audience and so he said he you know he really just kind of skipped over it yeah in a sense um so using 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 that as kind of our launching point how do you deal with some of the more whether it's either grotesque parts of scripture or at least um you know, I guess you could even throw in there, you know, the adult themes, the the violence, mm-hmm. 
the um, just the situational things in scripture that that for some kids uh, are pretty either sensitive or sometimes just horrifying. Yeah. Um, what experience have you had with that? What advice would you give? Well, I think is it is is it okay sometimes just to skip over things like that or or how should how should it be addressed if at all? I think I think you have to Okay. So, I I've been going through the book of Mark mm-hmm. and I came to the passage where with with students you've been teaching through with, with students. Yeah, with yeah. kindergarten to fifth graders. Yeah. And, you know, that's how that's how Susan had it going mm-hmm. and and I've kind of looked at my role as coming in and providing stability right now because right now we don't have a pastor and, you know, I'm here. The new pastor might come on and want to change things around or maybe do a program that, you know, wouldn't fit well with with my job just being part-time. I don't know what's going to happen, but for right now, God's opened this door. Yeah. And I felt like it's it's something that, you know... Just keep keep doing yeah. things this way, not have a big shake up right now. Yeah. Uh and mm-hmm. you know, we've gone through children's directors. There hasn't been a lot of it's been kind of anyways. Um So you're just trying to fill in the gap. Fill in the gap. And be consistent. And, be and consistent. since since yeah. Mark since since she was already working her way through Mark, you're just yeah. carrying that along. Picking it up. Uh she's got she's using a really good book and it lays it out really nicely. Yeah. And it's something where you can you can bring doctrine and principles in, uh, you know, and explain the passage. Mm-hmm. You know, like today, um, today it was it was Jesus sends out the twelve. Okay, so we yeah. talked about the importance of preaching the gospel, telling our friends, and you know how God, um, you know, a missionary life isn't an extravagant living kind of life, you know, and. And, uh, you know, he talks about repentance and how it's important to, you know, then we, we got into what is repentance. And so a lot of the doctrine comes up as we're going through these passages. But several weeks ago, uh, you know, just going through the different, the different books or the different uh, chapters in Mark, you know, uh, we came across the Legion passage. Yep. And so, you know... So we're going to talk about demons and possession and, uh, you know, I went ahead and taught it, but I also, that gave me a chance to talk about, you know, there's the angels that serve God and then there's the angels that turned against God. And, and you, I talked about it in terms of good guy, bad guy, you know, when yeah. people and angels rebel against God, they're bad guys, including us. Right. Um, and of course, with that concept, you know, I guess whenever you're you're teaching and you're preaching, you know, it, when you're preaching from the Bible, you're trusting that the Holy Spirit works and opens the the hearers and the the speaker. Um, but you know that you you proclaim it, and the Holy Spirit works, and you know lets the the hearers hear what they want to hear, what they need to hear. Uh, and so I just decided to, to go for it and, um, but you know, one kid was pretty upset that the pigs died 
And I tried to emphasize the fact that a man was saved, but he was still pretty shaken up. That pigs. I didn't even take that into consideration. You just think pigs die, you eat bacon, you know, but that's not. And it's worth rejoicing about. <laughs> yes, but, but not this time. Yeah. And so, so that was, that was on the, and then there's an, uh, one of the little girls, that's like the story that she tells that that's what stuck out is yeah. that, you know, the demons went into the pigs you know, yeah. like, well, okay, so you you know some of the Bible, that wasn't the main point of the story, but you know, um, but but that's for a, for several. That's what makes that specific example unique. Yeah, is is that oh yeah, that's the one time where yeah, not only did Jesus cast out a demon because he did that other times. This is right. the one time where those demons yeah went into a herd of pigs. So. So I just, you know, I decided to to go through that, but try to bring it in terms that they would understand. Like yeah. I said, good guy, bad guy, mm-hmm. what's a demon? Because then you don't want to freak kids out, right? To where that you know they're going home with their parents, and you know, oh man, Mister Aaron really freaked us out. Um, but then, uh, the next the next section of scripture is John the Baptist's beheading. So you'll get to that next week. So that's next week. So, <laughs> you know, and I guess I guess one of the things is that most kids aren't sheltered from violence anymore. Right. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. Yeah. The video games they play, right. you know, death isn't death killing, whatever. You know, it happens in the Bible. They know it happens in the Bible. I would hope that the parents know that it happens in the Bible, you know. Yeah. Um, but... You know, the story of the beheading of John the Baptist is a little more intense because you've got, you know, the Herodias's daughter and, mm-hmm. you know, that brings in a whole nother level of things. And like, uh, you know, certainly it wouldn't be something that I would teach in detail right. to kids. Well, and in this case, it's not necessarily a bad guy being made right. It's a good guy uh, being put to death. Right. Exactly. And I would, you know, however I decide to do it next week, I don't know if I would, I'm going to read all the verses. That might be a time when you can summarize and say, you know, Herod, especially for kids, Herod was a wicked king who Mm -hmm. was interested in what John and Jesus had to say, but didn't want to put his faith and didn't want to listen to what they had to say and follow through with it. And John was steadfast and, you know, ended up losing his life for Christ. Yeah. So that's something that I think is important for kids to know because, and and this is where, this is where, you know, you really have to be careful with kids, I think, and teens and just, you know, and handling the truth is that, you know, we teach that, God will take care of you. Hmm. And we understand that concept as adults, I think. Hmm. Um, But to a kid, that can come across as, oh, okay, so God will always heal me when I'm sick. Right. Nothing bad will ever happen to me. Right. And that's something that I know um, I can't teach a kid. Right. And it's important to say, you know, that's when you bring in the, you know... um, Sometimes God's healing looks a lot different than what we think it is because he brings them to heaven. Yeah. You know, and that that that's that's difficult, I think, but it's also important because especially for kids cuz you I think 
and working with teens, both in previous jobs and in the youth group, Mm -hmm. you can see a lot of misconceptions that have been formed at an early age. And so for me, I'm trying to combat that and say, how do we intercept that? What do they need to know about the Bible? What's important? And in that passage of John the Baptist being beheaded, I think the main... The main thing to look at is not the de- you know all the details, but you know John gave his life, and Jesus didn't break him out of prison, you know. Yeah. So sometimes following Jesus, I mean, you know, costs you your life, and there yeah. are people who have died, and you know, yeah. I mean, martyrs happen all the you know martyrs for Christ happen all the time, and yeah, it's a costly sacrifice. Yeah. I remember maybe the most horrified I ever had been as a child was was learning about some of the um some of the Christians just from church history. Yeah. Who had been oh, yeah. and just and just thinking, Oh man, uh you know, and that was that was accompanied with all these warnings like and persecution's coming to us too and you know, all all you could think about was families being torn away from each yeah. other and people being put on trial and having to Oh yeah, uh, you know, give an account and so forth and so yeah, I, I remember just really being pretty uh, shaken and and uh, and you know by all that. So right, I think you have to be real with kids. Right, but certainly, and students, but certainly as they go grow older, you can, you can bring more details. Yeah. And there are ways to present that to students where you're not, you're not just trying to get a scare out of yeah. them. You're, you know, you're, you're, you don't want to be a, um, uh, you don't want to be someone who cries, cries woe, yeah. you know, just for the sake of right getting attention. I mean, there are, there are ways to have good serious conversations with young people. Yeah. That are more effective than just now. You better be right with God so that right. you can. Stand firm when persecution comes. Yeah. So. And, and something else I think is important. Uh, I guess I can say this here at this time. Uh, thinking about misconceptions um, and knowing like... So one of the, one of the big misconceptions I think was the, in growing up. And it's, you know, the curriculum that was taught and just, you know, there, there's so many things that I think can be taught to students and kids that's not maybe explicitly taught, but maybe they, they pick it up latently, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and one of them is, you know, and I think, I think a lot of the curriculum may, that we use, especially the gospel project about how every part of the Bible is about Jesus. Yeah. You know, and how it's one big story. And we've yeah. done that before. Um, it, you know, some of the teaching that we've had recently, you know, has emphasized that. And I think it's so important mm-hmm. because I know growing up, it was just easy. You know, uh, the classic example is Goliath is your troubles and, yeah. and you're David. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, no. Right. Uh, you know, and so facing, I think. Facing your giants. That's right. <laughs> I think I think it's I think that you know in teaching students you want to you also want to take into consideration their misconceptions 
Um, and that could come through not just in what you teach about the Bible. It could come through in in uh, in songs. I oh, mean, yeah. We're, we're, oh, yeah. We're in the main service this morning, and we're singing a song that says um, something like, I will not fear... Um, his promise is true. My God will come through always. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's I think that's a fine thing to sing. Yeah. But I also think that that taken out of context or just um, taken on its own. Yeah. Could could really lead somebody to think, okay, well, my God's gonna come through in the way that I expect He exactly. will. Exactly. Rather than in the way that He says He will. Right. So so I think that's. I think that that those get you're right. Those are often very subtle. Right. But those subtleties come through sometimes more loudly than what is explicit. Right. So I'm by no means like knocking any right. any teaching that right. that I grew up with, but it that's why I think it's so important um to understand and to, you know, you know, I I think it's James who says not many of you should be teachers. Yeah. And then, you know, Jesus says, um, if any of you cause these little ones to stumble, it'd be better for you to be dead. And it's like, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's important. I mean, and and you think about, you know, I mean, just, just the, just conversations I've had with teenagers, um, you know, and how, if, if there's something that starts really young, and it's a and it's a an idea that grows and grows and grows and it's wrong. I mean, you know. Well, I, I before we Spurgeon said something, and I highly recommend this book uh, for anyone who teaches children or teenagers. It's called um, "Come Ye Children," and and uh, and Spurgeon says something like. You know, it, it's better for there to be... He says that, that the, the lighthouse that guides people wrong, steers people in the wrong direction, is more dangerous than no lighthouse at all, or something like that. I mean, the way it just spurts out wisdom through the whole thing. But, you know, if someone's picked up something about God or the Bible that's a false idea at an early age, and then it grows, I mean, that that takes a lot to undo. Yeah. It's hard to change course after that. Right. And so that that's, you know, children's, people who ch- teach children, it is not, uh, it is not something to just, you know, be handed lightly or right. pass out lightly. That's true. You know. So um, as far as knowing your audience, are there things that you do differently when you're teaching children than you do, than you would if you were teaching um, adults? I know you've taught some, I mean, you've taught everywhere from mm-hmm. really young to teens to college students mm-hmm. uh, to adults. I mean, does your preparation for te- getting ready to teach look different depending on your audience? I mean, it should. And I I think if I can use visuals with, with children, I will. Okay. Um, sometimes it's really hard to. Or sometimes I run out of time in the week, you know. Yeah. Um, but the more visual, you know, that that's certainly one of the things. I don't have flannel graphs. I think we threw them all away. Oh, man. I like flannel graphs. Um, but but um, visual, there's that. Keeping it more basic mm-hmm. 
is important. And knowing that you, watching your vocabulary. Mm. Um, I think, I think those are some of the most important things. And, and delivery. I mean, you know, with, uh, with, with adults, you know, I think, I think they understand lectures a little, you know, a little better than, than kids. Kids, you got to be more interactive and you want to feel that freedom to do that. I generally wander around when I'm speaking to the kids in children's church. Uh, try, I try to, you know, give them as many questions as possible yeah. so that, that they are interactive and it's not just, well, it's time to fall asleep. But um, And probably with delivery, things like tone. Yeah. You're, you might be... You might be uh, more intense, yeah, with an older age group, whereas you might you might tend to be a little more, um, I guess lighthearted might be the term. I mean, certainly yeah. not just goofy, right? Necessarily not not just for the sake of being goofy, right? Least, but it depends. Yeah, it, and, and it depends on the passage. It depends on you know how you're wanting to engage the kids. Right. Because you don't want to give you don't want to give young people the impression that what you're doing isn't serious, right? But the, but you're right. Um, young the younger a, 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 an audience is, the um, the engagement with them is probably going to look different, right? And you know, along with that comes the illustrations yeah. you use. Yeah, yeah. Um, that goes back to the interests and engaging and yeah. and how that how all that plays into it. Um, so I think, I think those things do look different, um, you know, depending on who, who it is that you're talking to and, and all of that. So a couple of thoughts I had on this is I know a lot of times when I'm preparing to teach and again, it's regardless of age group, I do, I do very little with folks younger than middle school. Mm -hmm. Although I did a, I did a chapel similar to yours, um, a few weeks ago. But I always find that whenever I'm getting ready to share, really regardless of age group, I'm really just trying to make sure I understand the passage really well for myself. Yeah. So in that sense, my preparation is probably going to be very similar because I'm just trying to make sure that I understand what I'm saying before I try to explain it to somebody else. Right. And then the other thing I want to do is to, I really want to encourage people, listeners from young to old is to read the Bible for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Really want that because then, uh, you know, yeah, you might have to censor some things or you might have to, I think what you said about vocabulary makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I find the younger the audience I am, I'm, I'm, I'm probably defining more terms. Right. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm maybe, I probably would use different terms, but I'm also going to make sure to explain what I mean when I say certain words. Yeah. So, but but you want them to be familiar with the vocabulary of the mm-hmm. Bible yeah. and with the with the the way it's written and the the way the the scripture writers speak. And the only way they're going to do that is if they read it a lot for themselves. Yeah. Uh, and and try to develop that habit as young as as possible. Yeah. I think I think. I think after, you know, knowing, after introducing a child to Christ and knowing as well as you can know that they're in fellowship with him, yeah. 
um, making sure that they know how important the Bible is and that it is God's word is probably the the next thing. Yeah. Um, because because of where we find ourselves, you know, in society these days, and if you can teach them young, this is God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what God has to say about Him and about you, about how you know Him, about how, um, you know, how we do have the abundant life in Him and what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, it's so important because kids are just bombarded every day with messages. And that's yeah. what I said in chapel, you know. You know, I brought up Jeremiah's, you know, Jeremiah. I'm so bad with with references, but I told him, you know, the heart's deceitful yeah. and it's desperately wicked yeah. and you can't know it, but God knows it. Yeah. And that's different than what you hear, you know, everyone else says, trust your heart, trust your heart. Mm-hmm. Well, God says you can't trust your heart. That's right. Because I know what's going on in there. And even you, you know, your heart lies to yourself. So how how can you trust whatever it is that your heart's saying? Yeah. You know, unless it's being filtered through the word of God and it's, you know, it's a heart that's being made new and is in line with scripture. Yeah. You know, and again, those are those are big concepts, but I think it's possible to bring them down to okay. We listen to what God's word is because that's what he is saying to you. Yeah. You know, and sure. and so, again, I, I just think that's so important. I want to stress it because, you know, once they, once, once you hit middle school, I mean, you've already been, you've had stuff thrown at you all over the place and then yeah. even more and it's. You know, it, it's it's a scary place. Yeah. <laughs> well, and no no one, really adult or child, is going to just read through Scripture and, and then all of a sudden everything's going to make sense. Right. But there's so much that is clear in Scripture. Yeah. That just by reading it, you can begin to develop the main idea of what is true and what is really important right. from God's perspective. Yeah. Um, we probably have just a minute or so left, but... Uh, let me ask you this: Is is there anything that should be uh, kept in mind, or anything that you try to do to assist parents with helping them um, help their children understand scripture, or apply scripture, or engage with scripture? Um, th- this is a in the Iwana program. I well, I guess first of all, one of the things I want parents to know. And I don't know, I don't know how well I've gotten this to the parents um, since I've started this job. But I think parents need to remember that they're the primary uh, disciplers of their children. It's very dangerous for a parent to just give their kids over to the church and to not engage with them biblically. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're, I'm, I'm secondary. All my volunteers are secondary. Unless this kid, you know, doesn't come from a Christian home. That's different. But, um, you know, I've tried to, especially in Awana, make the parents aware of what the children are learning every week. Yeah. Um, at, at least in the age groups that I'm over. 
I mean, I'm kind of over Alawana, but I'm my emph- my emphasis is Sparks because um, I don't have a Sparks director. So kindergarten, and kindergarten, first, first and, and second grade. grade. Um, and I'm taking what they do in TNT with a parent page, and I just do I just do one of those for Sparks. Yeah. Uh, so I try to make sure that the parents have those so they know what they have learned in Awana this week and what they're going to learn next week and what the verse is going to be. So that they can, and then a, a question, you know, uh, a conversation starter, so they can they can start that, maybe on the way home. Yeah. You know, and if parents are aware and they use it, I think it's a very useful tool. Yeah. Um, Awana has a lot of stuff on their website that's free. I've tried to make the parents aware of that, and what you know, um, audio, audio verses, you know, yeah. Bible that they can listen to. Uh, to help them memorize scripture, try to keep that in front of the parents, you know, again, just keeping them on board. Um, I get a lot better job of that with what we're doing in children's church. Um, but, you know, just, I, I think being with the parents, um, checking in with them, yeah, you know, being open and transparent and got questions. Yeah. Um, fielding what what they feel the needs are for their yeah. children, um, you know we've got Bibles in the in the lighthouse room. If kids need a Bible, they can have them. Yeah. Uh, so so I do want to equip equip parents, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of that goes to Awana the Awana program. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's making sure that they're aware of what the students are learning. Yeah. Week to week, I think. Yeah, good. So hopefully they take advantage of that. Yeah, I know on my end, um, just trying to be in communication with parents either once or twice a week through email or just little posts here and there to let them know this is what we're studying this Wednesday night mm-hmm. or this is what we'll talk about in Sunday school. This is what we're reading through this week, and then a lot of times even just encouraging them. Why don't you read through these couple chapters of the Bible with your students this week and and talk about it with them and see yeah. see what uh, see what comes of that. So. That's good. Well, uh, we're out of time, but hopefully we'll be able to to have these conversations a little more often now. Yeah, if I hope things so. uh, settle down in your <laughs> in your life a little better. So we'll see. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for your time today, Aaron. All right, and thank you all for listening. All right.